Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Sometimes you hear people say they are ready to die. It is not necessarily because they are suicidal, but because they are fed up with all the troubles they've had in this world. Non-Christians say it, but Christians say it too. Often, Christians who say that are people who have lived for a very long time and they are becoming frail. There are also young people who may express that wish of being ready to die because of the unbearable pain of an illness and there being currently no cure or help for their situation. Perhaps you've known people like that. Mostly, and thankfully, they don't get their wish, at least not right away. They may live several more years before they die. But here we have Simeon, who does not appear to be sick or suffering from any kind of mental illness and yet was ready to die. And he was not suicidal. He had seen Jesus, whom even as a baby was a savior, the one who will in the future give him life that has no death clause in it. He had been promised by the Holy Spirit that he would get to see Jesus, and after that, he would die. He was comfortable with that. This was the day. From the Old Testament purification rites, we know Jesus was 40 days old when he was brought to the temple. It is now time for Mary to go through the purification rites as prescribed in the law for a woman who had given birth. Mary and Joseph take that very seriously. Jesus is also their firstborn and male. They had to dedicate him to the Lord. They did not wait a day longer. Mary and Joseph were following the law as prescribed for the Israelites because they were faithful Israelites. Mary and Joseph had been informed by angels before Mary conceived by the Holy Spirit. They had a son of God with them now. But they did not say then that God's law was useless. Jesus had in fact come to fulfill the law perfectly, beginning when he was a baby. To say that the Lord had gone on with this family would be an understatement. And maybe they had been overwhelmed by it all. Angels and shepherds they did not know told them incredible things about their son. It was certainly a lot to take in. So as happens sometimes when you're not sure what to, what to say and say nothing, they don't say anything. They made the five and a half mile journey from Bethlehem to Jerusalem. They get to the temple. They have their required offering, all ready to go. It wasn't much at all, either a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Their offering tells us they were poor. The Lord required that of the poor. Otherwise, they would have brought a year-old lamb and a pigeon or a dove. They were ready. Then Simeon, whose background we know nothing about, who was waiting for them for just this moment, was there. Arms outstretched, he took the baby Jesus into his arms. Simeon may not have been known to them, but he was definitely known by God. He was a faithful worshiper of God. Luke describes him as righteous and devout. 
doesn't get better than that, especially if you are not the one describing yourself in such terms. Luke also tells us that Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel. He was waiting for the comfort or salvation of Israel, for God's promised Messiah. The baby he held in his arms had come for more than the consolation of Israel, though. He had come for the consolation of the whole world. He had come for Simeon's own consolation. Yet God allowed him to bless the Son of God. His going to the temple that day was a direct result of the Holy Spirit's action. Even if he had a desire to go and be with the Lord, the Lord had told him, no, not yet. He would not let him die before he had seen Jesus. God kept his promise. Today is a day Simeon would indeed get to see the Christ. It was exciting for him. What beautiful words he said that day as he held the baby Jesus in his arms. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. What Simeon said was exactly what, what Jesus came to do. He came to offer salvation to both Jews and Gentiles, that is, to the whole world. The salvation of which Simeon spoke is rescue from danger, extreme danger, even if you didn't know it. It is a danger of dying without God in your life. It is not the death of which some religions speak that you will only become forever un unaware of anything, that nothing else will happen to you. This death of which the Bible speaks is eternal separation from God. It is a death from which you will be raised again and long to be with God, but you cannot. It is a living forever without the presence of God in your second life. It is a wretched life that no one should ever be thrown into. And God does not desire that for anybody. His desire is to rescue you and me from that. That is what salvation is. That is what the Holy Spirit had revealed to Simeon. Such rescue should be the cause of joy for anybody who believes in Jesus. And you have that joy because you believe in the same person Simeon saw and blessed that day, Jesus. Yes, there is life after death, but it is not the reincarnation that some people believe in. It is life with God, which brings with it eternal joy and peace that will not be disrupted by anything whatsoever, not illness, not wars, not climate change, not hatred, not discrimination, not fear. It will be all good all the time. That is what this child came to do. And even if Simeon was not given the details of exactly how everything will be fulfilled, he knew enough through the Holy Spirit to be comfortable and ready to die in peace. We can say, in fact, that he looked forward to the first death, even at this time, when he was the one blessing the baby Jesus. Joseph and Mary marveled at what Simeon had just said about Jesus. Simeon blessed them. Then he said to Mary, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against 
so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Immediately Simeon finished speaking, Anna, a prophetess, came to them. At 84, she was very old. She is the only true prophetess mentioned by name in the New Testament. That is saying something. She had dedicated her life to the Lord after her husband's death after seven years of marriage. Luke said she never left the temple but worshiped God night and day, fasting and praying. That is a complete and total devotion to the Lord. God was preparing her too for this moment to bear great witness to this baby. She gave thanks to God and also spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. As a prophetess, she was also moved by the same Holy Spirit to speak about the redemption of Jerusalem, really the same thing as what Simeon had called the consolation of Israel. And it is not as if the two of them got together and agreed about what they were going to say about Jesus to Mary and Joseph. But because they were being led to speak by the same Holy Spirit to speak about this same child Jesus, their messages agreed. That was it about the infancy messages about Jesus. Marvelous enough to be marveled at by Mary and Joseph. Nothing is said about Jesus' childhood again except that the family took him with them to Jerusalem every year for the Passover. Until he was 12 years old, when he did not go back with them to Nazareth, and they did not even realize it for three days. He had remained in Jerusalem in the temple and was engaged in serious religious debate with the religious experts. When they finally found him, Mary said to him, son, why have you treated us so? Look, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. Jesus said to them, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I had to be in my father's house? And a sword will pierce your own soul too. Simeon had said to them 12 years earlier in the same temple. I wonder if they remembered that at this time. One day, Jesus was having a heated argument with the Pharisees who had accused him of performing a healing by demonic powers. When he was informed that his mother and brothers were outside Wanting to speak to him, he replied, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers, for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. And a sword will pierce your own soul too. I wonder if Mary remembered Simeon's words to her. Fast forward 21 years later, Mary is standing near a place called the Place of the Skull, where she was, her son being crucified. And a sword will pierce your own soul too. I wonder if she remembered Simeon's words to her. Huge nails were being hammered into his hands and feet. A crown of thorns had been thrusted on his head, blood all over his body. He was undergoing excruciating pain, barely able to mumble the words to his mother, woman, behold your son, and to John, who was also at the foot of the cross, behold your mother. And a sword will pierce your own soul too. I wonder if those words came roaring back to her. I believe now it did. It had all sank in. Simeon himself did not see all these things play out, nor did Anna. 
but their words came true because they were Holy Spirit-inspired words. We ourselves did not see all these things. We did not see any of them. Yet through the pages of the Bible, we have seen the salvation of the Lord. A sword pierced Mary's soul. Her son's life was taken away violently. It was meant to put him in his place, to disgrace him. But all the pain and shame inflicted on Jesus was for us. He brought the salvation that Anna and Simeon saw ahead of time, the salvation that was for them, for you, for me, and for the whole world. We can only picture all that happened and the promise of its everlasting effect. But the time is coming when we will see it plainly. With the certainty of what we see by faith now will be a reality that lasts forever. And the consolation or salvation or redemption Simeon and Anna spoke about were not only in these harrowing soul piercing sword moments, but also in a glorious resurrection that happened on the third day. The Lord's promises through the mouths of his servants, Simeon and Anna, were complete. When all these were happening, the hope, the marveling, the pain, the indescribable joy, God had us in mind. Yes, you and me. Indeed, the whole of humanity, because he knew we needed him. We are always going to need him because until he comes, we are not always loving our neighbor as ourselves. We always love ourselves more. Indeed, we often find fault in our neighbors that is also in us, but we overlook it. And loving God, we're supposed to love God with all our strength, with all our hearts, with all our minds, and with all our souls. That is always putting him first. We have just confessed that we don't. We have confessed that we need him. And he came for that reason of making us whole, preparing us for the final salvation that is clear and visible. It is amazing the lengths to which God will go to make you his own. Jesus coming down from heaven condescending to be born of a poor virgin, growing up poor, exchanging his righteousness for our sinfulness and making us his own. All because of his love for us. What can we say in response to all this? But thank you, Jesus. Amen.